Welcome to another episode of Running on Optimism, the podcast for amateur runners, or really anyone, channeling their inspiration to face challenges in running and life. I'm your host, Sonia Rita. This episode goes out with a huge congratulations to all who finished the Boston Marathon just over a week ago. And with that said, I'm thrilled to have Shanna Miller, creator of Stiletto Running, back to chat with me about her Boston Marathon experience. Shanna had run the Boston Marathon two times prior to this year's, but this was the first time she ran it as a qualifier. And though a bout with COVID in January put a wrench in her training, she was going to make it to that start line come hell or high water. I'm really excited to have you back chatting with me, Shanna. Um, You just ran Boston a little over a week ago. And uh, just a little background, I chatted with Shanna a few months ago, several months ago, actually. And uh, we talked about how she started running when she was about 40 years old and um, somewhere along the, along the lines decided that uh, a Boston qualifier was her, her goal and she achieved that eight years later. So tell me about your, your, not your whole running experience, but why did you decide that Boston was uh, that goal? So, um... Let's see. So when I started running in 2011, I, I had grown up in the Boston area and had been a spectator at the Boston Marathon probably my whole life. Um, but in my mind, it was always for the elites. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't, it was so far <laughs> from anything I ever would have dreamed of. Um, and that was before I was a runner. And then even as I became a runner, it still wasn't something that I strived for or um, really imagined myself doing. Um, I did have friends that were qualifiers and even still, it seemed so far out of my reach. And it wasn't until until, um, 2018 after I had um, a major surgery, um, I had to have a full hysterectomy. And, um, you know, in my late forties at that point and, was sidelined from running for about a year and a half because of the surgery and a piriformis injury. And I just said, you know what, if I'm going to start running again, um, after all of that, I really wanted something to look forward to and try to thrive on. Um, so that was kind of where I was in my head, uh, that I wanted to set Boston qualifying as my next big goal. Cause at, at that point, I had run the half marathon distance. I had run numerous marathons and I felt like, not that it was getting old, but I like to challenge my, myself. And I felt like that would be something that would definitely be a challenge. And it certainly was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were just talking before I hit hit the record about uh, about my husband going uh, going again to try to qualify for Boston. It's a, it's a huge goal. And so, I mean, but you'd been a strong runner before, before the surgery, um, and you were enjoying it. So what was your training like? Like, what was your mindset? What were some of the things that you were working on? And I ask this, I guess, kind of also just me being curious because I am not a strong runner. I have been plagued by injury, but I do, I don't know, (laughs) somewhere deep inside, I'm just trying to get myself healthy, but somewhere deep inside me, if I can get myself healthy, I think that, you know, maybe it'll take me eight years or somewhere down the road. I don't like, 
I don't, I don't limit myself. Um, so I guess I'm curious what, so what did all of that look like as a strong run? You had a strong foundation. What did your training look like? Yeah. So I definitely had a strong foundation as far as a strong base. I had the miles there. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I had, um, I had run six marathons before the marathon that I qualified for Boston. So I had the miles, um, but I didn't have the proper training. I just kind of went out and ran what everyone told me to do. Oh, you need to do a few 20 milers before, you know, for, for marathon training and um, was somewhere between 40 and 50 miles a week, which come to find out 50 miles was really my max and too much. Um, at the time I was running maybe five, six days a week. And I, I think running too many days a week was too much in my body too. Um, so at that point I decided to hire a coach and I think that was the best thing I could have done because when I was, when I was running all of the miles, it was the same pace all the time. Um, I didn't incorporate speed work or tempo runs or fartlicks or progression runs or any of these types of runs that really are what piece together, um, the foundation to make you stronger and make you faster. And in addition to that, slowing down on runs because like I said I was running the same pace all the time but that pace come to find out was too fast for my body to recover although it wasn't fast it was too fast so it was like in the middle of what my fast pace is now and my easy pace like it was just like a lot of coaches will call it the gray zone mm -hmm. it was don't want to be um your body doesn't have enough time to recover for the next run so I hired a coach and um incorporated all these different types of workouts that I'd never done before and come to find out I really enjoy speed work which who knew <laughs> um so that was a huge a huge game changer for me and even all the easy pace runs are like a minute slower than what I was running just my regular runs every day so just slowing down and adding the different types of workouts is definitely what change the game for me. So a lot of people go by all different kinds of um, how they determine what's easy and what's not. Do you, do you look at your heart rate or do you just kind of feel for your effort? Or are you at the point now where, yes, it's about your heart rate, but you can really just kind of tell. It's both. Um, my coach and, and over the last couple of years, I've gotten certified as well. So when I coach people as well, um, you do want to keep your heart rate at a certain easy level. And so I do gauge my heart rate, but I also, it's more about the pace for me. Um, the, the pace would be based on what your 5k pace would be. Like I'll have um, any of the athletes that I've coached go out and do a 5k time trial, time trial or, um, or their most recent 5k race that they did. And generally a rule of thumb would be to run your easy runs anywhere from a minute and a half to three minutes slower than your 5k pace. So that's a big difference, <laughs> you know? So just yeah. for example, your 5k pace is a 7:30 pace. I mean, you should be doing your easy runs anywhere between a 9:30 and a 10:30. Like yeah. that's a big difference. Um, a huge difference. Yeah. And for a lot of people, um, myself included, when I first started doing all of this, social media is really 
bad <laughs> and really good <laughs> because you have to swallow that ego when, you know, if I'm posting a run that I'm running a 10 minute run um, and not care about what anyone thinks that I'm going out and doing something much slower than what my race pace might be. Um, so that's, you know, that's a big thing too, to slow down enough that you're doing yourself good and not caring what other people think. That's kind of, I guess it's just kind of keeping your eyes on the prize. Like it doesn't matter that maybe you look like you're going slow. Um, you know why. And if people don't get it, then that's okay. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what was your qualifying race? Um, Bay State Marathon, which is in Lowell, Massachusetts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. And I specifically ran that one because it is known to be fast, flat, and like, really high qualifying percentage. Okay. What yeah. time of year is that one? October. October. So, that's a nice time. Yeah. So, I mean, I had the most perfect weather that day. I mean, like we were saying before we got on the call, I mean, all the stars have to be aligned and if the weather is good and everything else falls into place, you know, it could be a great day. And I mean, the weather was 36 degrees at the start and 50 when I finished. Ooh. And for me, the colder, the better, because I do have a problem with getting dehydrated easily and um, the heat does not agree with me. So that day was picture perfect. <laughs> yeah, there's so much more that kind of factors in if it's hot and, and having to worry about that fueling and, and that whole factor. You know, we were talking about um, how it was my husband just ran Delaware and, and it was hotter than he anticipated. His thought process was that I'm going to train in the cold and I'll be ready. But I, I honestly think that it, for me personally, it might work better the other way. So you and I are actually both running Brooklyn in late May, yep. hopefully, if, you know, all stays healthy and all yep. goes well. I'm, I'm worried about it being a little warm. Yeah, it's, I mean, May is, May is kind of my last hurrah for racing. I've done some in June and last summer I did a half in July only because it was deferred from the pandemic. Yeah. Um, otherwise I would never race in July, <laughs> but, um, but you have to go into it with an open mind. I know I don't do well in the heat. I just ran Boston. Mm -hmm. I have no goals, no intentions for the Brooklyn half in May. It's that race has been a bucket list and um, was deferred from 2020. And then again, canceled in 2021. So I've been waiting to run this race for two years. Okay. So, yeah. So I really, I'm excited. Um, it's the biggest half in the United States. So very excited to run it. So yeah, I have no, no I, I know it's going to be warm. So <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't decided what I'm, I'm training really well. So we'll see how it goes. But again, that, that heat might change everything because it hasn't really gotten that hot yet. No, um, cool. Yeah. yeah. I find um, that's the hardest part about spring races. If you live in the Northeast or Midwest where it's cold all winter, and then, you know, that's typically a big problem for people that run Boston because there have been Bostons that have been like 80s. And after training in really cold weather all winter, your body is not acclimated. And it can take two to three weeks to acclimate to that type of heat. So for racing. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think your husband needs to switch it around and train in the dead of the summer up here in the Northeast and go after a fall marathon. 
<laughs> I think so too. I think so. Before we got on, we talked about his Atlantic City um, marathon in October and he, that was his best marathon. So I've, I, you know, I'm like, I guess we're going to Atlantic City. And I said, and if you need me to, cause the last time I, I ran the half while he was doing the full. And I said, and if you need me to, I will run the half. I will sacrifice myself. <laughs> it was actually a really fun half. So <laughs> I have friends that ran the marathon that day. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's um, the marathon course there is not super scenic. It's very, very quiet, but I don't know. It was the second time that my husband did it. And actually the half marathon, I actually really enjoyed it. I thought there was a nice, nice group of people, a nice amount of people um, running. The runners were super nice. Also, I was in an awesome mood. So mm -hmm. I was just like chatting with everybody. So it was just a really nice experience for me. That's good. So you run Boston before qualifying. Yeah. Um, when did you run Boston? And was there a difference uh, in running it with that qualifying bib? Because it's like, it's almost like running Boston is the medal in itself after all of that hard work to qualify. Yeah, that's, that's definitely how I felt. Um, the first two times I ran it, I have family that um, they were one of the big sponsors um, of the marathon. So I was able to get a bib um, 2015 and 2016 and I ran in the charity wave. So, I mean, I think I started like in the last corral of the charity wave. So, I mean, dead end. <laughs> um, and at the time I was just so excited to be there. It's my hometown race. I mean, I was thrilled to be running Boston. Both times were amazing. Um, I had complete opposite weather. 2015 was pouring rain and 45 degrees, freezing. Um, but I would take that any day because then 2016 was 80 degrees and my slowest marathon to date. And it was miserable. <laughs> so, um, but you know, I still enjoyed it, but this time, um, it definitely, I felt like I belonged there. Um, I, I felt and I know I earned my spot there and not to take away from, I mean, charity runners are amazing. I ran for charity for the New York city marathon a few years ago and raising money is not easy. Um, and giving back to a charity that is near and dear to your heart or, you know, helping someone else. Like, I mean, there's something to be said about that. I mean, you know, so I mean, it's amazing, but for me, this time and knowing going or shooting for that BQ, I said, I, you know, I ran Boston twice in the charity wave. If I'm doing it again, I want to earn it. And um, this time was definitely different. It was, um, I don't want to say a sense of belonging because I mean, everybody belongs to be there, like whether you're in a charity wave or not, but it was, I was just really super proud of myself for putting the work in and getting there on my own <laughs> terms. <laughs> so yeah, I, I get it. I mean, I ran New York City on a charity bib. And, you know, it meant the world to me because it was like you said, a, a charity that was near and dear to me. But there is I imagine such a sense of pride, when you've put in that much work to qualify for a race. Um, and I think that it's something that I wouldn't have understood if I weren't a runner. 
getting those times to qualify for Boston is just, it's amazing. And the fact that, you know, we're not elite runners and a lot of, a lot of folks who qualify for Boston, they're not going to the Olympics. They're not, you know, it's a huge goal. And to set that goal, knowing it's going to hurt, (laughs) because I imagine there was a lot of pain. There was a lot of mornings you didn't feel like doing the workout, but you knew what the goal was. So I, I get it in the sense that I can totally understand um, that sense of pride, not in that I have gotten anywhere near that. (laughs) All your pictures were so like, you were just so smiley. How'd you feel throughout the race? I so that I, and looking as soon as I got the you know the race photos, I was like, they're smiling the whole time. Normally during a marathon or a race when you're working hard, there are some not so good pictures. I I literally was smiling the whole time. I the crowd was amazing. Um, I felt really good up until like mile 18, 19, I, I just like everything felt good. Mm -hmm. Um, and then somewhere around mile 18, my quads were burning, burning. Like, I don't think my quads have ever hurt so bad because the first 15 and a half miles of Boston is a net descent and you don't really feel like you're running downhill, but as soon as you start going up at mile 16, I was like, Oh my God, my quads are on fire. Um, but I, I kept pushing and really until like mile 19, I mean, I was on pace for another BQ. So I, I think that's why I was smiling too. Like I felt good. And I, my goal for this was not to PR. Like, I mean, if I PR great, but I wasn't going into it, trying to PR. I know how hard the Boston course is. Um, and I wanted to feel good after my fiasco in Chicago. (laughs) So I I didn't wanna, you know, be sick in the middle of the race. I didn't wanna be sick after, like this was too important for me to enjoy and basically have it as my victory lap for qualifying. Um, If I came out of it with another BQ, I mean, that would have been the icing on the cake. Mm -hmm. And so I I started on a slower, you know, started out slower with the intent to pick it up a little bit if I was feeling good. And I really did just kind of stay even. I started the first few miles slower and then kind of just hung at my qualifying pace that I qualified with. And I was like, all right, like if I can just keep clicking off these miles, like won't be a PR, but I could still get another qualifying time with like a six or seven minute cushion. So I was like, all right. So kept going along but then when my legs were on fire um I thought all right well if it's not a BQ it's okay I I just want to feel good at that point so kept going and then by like mile 21 my calves were starting to cramp so badly I had to start like walk running and that went on for the last five miles and every time they'd start really hurting as I was running I would start walking and they would loosen up. And so I just kept smiling. Yeah. And and that's like, everyone says the Boston marathon doesn't start till mile 21. It's like, after you've come over the Hills, those last five miles, the crowds are insane. And I think that's what kept me smiling too, because I was like, okay, well, another BQ is out the window, but I'm going to still finish and it's still going to be an okay time. Like, uh, and I'm going to finish. I'm going to I'm going to get there. I'm going to get my medal. I'm going to go.
go down Boylston Street. And so at that point, I was like, I'm just going to have fun. I'm going to smile as long as I take some walk breaks. <laughs> but it wasn't too painful. But um, yeah, so I was pretty surprised myself when I saw the pictures. Yeah. I didn't realize I was smiling so much, to be honest. They're all so cute. Like you, you. you're full on like Boston marathon swag and you're smiling. I love the pictures. They're so cute. Thank you. <laughs> and your nails are still going strong too. Your Boston oh, nails. So strong. Yeah. They're um, awesome. Did you get them? You got them done? Your, your nail so person? I had um, a blue Gel, I went for a gel manicure and then they're actually nail wraps that stick on Oh, that I ordered from Sarah Marie design studio. Okay. Um, she does all different nail wraps and different races. She has New York one. Oh, oh okay. So easy to put on. So I, I did the gel before because I was afraid if one peeled off, I still wanted blue polish. Yeah. Um, and also I didn't want it to ruin my own nails. So yeah, I mean, these have been on I put them on the Friday before the race. So I've had them on for like, what, 11 days now? And they haven't chipped at all. No, no. And you Super just put cheap. a clear coat over them. So. Yeah, that's how, that's how you maintain the, yeah. the, uh, the manicure. I'm learning. I've never used to do nails. And now I do, um, I get olive and June nail polish. Oh, I don't yeah. know if I've ever tried them. I haven't it, heard of it. Yeah, it's the only, I don't know if it's the brush or the consistency of the nail polish, but it is the only nail polish that I am actually really good at applying myself and it'll stay. It goes on even. I don't make a huge mess. So I, for like self manicures, highly recommend Olive and June. <laughs> so you did um, set a personal course record though, I imagine. That was my best Boston, uh, Boston PR out of the three Bostons that I've done. Yeah. By like um, I don't know, 22, 22 or 23 minutes. I think, I think my best Boston was 431. So, okay. Yeah. Wow. Like that. That's awesome. Yeah. So I was happy about that because I know, I know it's a hard course and I know if that had been any other marathon, it would have been a PR. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, but it's okay. Like I, you know, I was just so happy to be there. Yeah. Was so I'm for me. So, um, are you looking to qualify for Boston again? I am. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, it would have been great to have gotten another qualifying time in Boston. I would have loved that, but in the same breath, I knew it wasn't going to be a, be a PR. And even before going into Boston, my, my big goal is to break 340, which any PR right now is a BQ for me. So um, yeah. And I, and I know I need a cold race and I know it can't be super flat like Chicago because I don't do well on super flat, but it was the weather that day. That was horrible. Um, and Boston, I do well on Hills, but they need to be rolling and spread out, not starting at mile <laughs> 16. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, like Bay State Marathon where I got my BQ, um, it's not flat and it's not super hilly, but it has that inundation and in the rolling hills. And just when you feel like you need a little break from going flat, you go down. Or when you're sick of going down, you go up. So it, the timing of the little hills there were perfect. Um, and I thought about doing it again because I 
I know it was a good fast course, but it is the third week of October and based on Chicago being the week before and we had a hot day, mm -hmm. I was like, I don't wanna take that chance. Putting in all the training again, I really want a cold day. So I registered for Philly okay. and that third week in November. And um, it, knock on wood, <laughs> it, it should be cold. It was cold. Um, it was my first marathon in 2012. So, oh, I didn't know that was your first marathon. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it was, and this will be the 10th anniversary of my first marathon. So thought, what better way to celebrate my 10th anniversary of running marathons um, than going back to where I started it and uh, really shooting for that PR there. So you'll get to actually see how far you've come in 10 years. Yeah. So like that's mile by mile. Yeah. That's super fun. Yeah. So I was, I'm excited to compare apples to apples and like I said, just see where I've gone. <laughs> well, and it's something that we talked about when we spoke the first time about you know, we put so much emphasis on age and where we are after, you know, however age and to be able to just be like fine wine and just get that much better with age. It really speaks volumes to you also, because one thing that we haven't touched on yet is, so you had that surgery and you came back from that in 20, you know, in 2018 to qualify and recently, just before Boston, you actually um, had COVID. I did in January. Yeah. So it's funny that you just said that because since Boston, over the past few days, I've seen so many people posting on social media that they're testing positive since coming back from Boston. Oh, geez. So yeah, a lot of people. Um, so think, I mean, hoping it's been seven days since I was there and I'm hoping the fact that I had it in January um, that, you know, and vaccinated and boosted since then, I just really hope like crossing my fingers <laughs> that yeah. I don't, I didn't hope I still have the antibodies from January. But, um, I started thinking about that and I was like, you know what, like this was not my best training cycle. Um, I missed five weeks of running for training for Boston. Um, I got at the end of the first week of January and I didn't run for three weeks. Um, I've never been so sick in my life. And with, and we were messaging during that. Yep. I think, yeah, I think yep. you were one of the people that told me about the little cocktail of vitamin C and yeah. And vitamin and I, D, yep. Yes. So um, yeah, I mean, I have never felt so sick. And I was like, oh my God, if I wasn't vaccinated, what would I have felt like? I, who knows? Um, but that was almost scary. Um, with not running for three weeks. And then when I did start to run again for those first two to three weeks of running, my heart rate was literally 200 to 205. Like wow. that's scary. <laughs> I mean, and I could feel it. Like I would like take two steps and I'd already be in like one eighties. And I'm like, this is crazy. And normally my heart rate on an easy run is like 140 to 150. So I was like, oh my God, I felt like a brand new runner. Like I'd never run a day in my life. And I was anxious because at that point in my training, I was already supposed to be um, eight weeks into my training. Like it was really like almost like the end of the beginning of the mid training. Like I should have been really ramping it up at that point. And yeah. so, yeah, so really missed five weeks of training in the middle of the cycle. And um, 
when I started seeing all these people posting about getting COVID right now, I was like, you know what? Like, I'm pretty proud of myself for how, how my Boston ended up turning out being, you know, not being the training cycle that I had hoped for, for Boston and going on an inhaler, um, like three weeks into having COVID. I, the cough was so bad. Um, I was having trouble breathing. So I'm like, all right. So I guess I did okay. Uh, you did more than okay. <laughs> like, and I, I really, I kind of like put it behind me because I did feel like, you know, the, maybe the last like five weeks of training, I really felt like I was back, but I also forgot about the five weeks of training that I really missed, which, you know, who knows if, if I hadn't gotten COVID in January, what the marathon would have ended up for me. Like, I don't know. Um, I definitely got dehydrated the last five miles and that's why my calves were cramping so badly. Um, but I was having trouble getting hydrated. Like everything was kind of like starting to like not taste so good. And mm-hmm. you know, like you, your stomach just gets funky. And so at the end of the race, I was afraid to keep drinking because I didn't want to get sick. Um, even though I still felt okay, that was still going through my head. I didn't want a repeat of Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> so taking little sips of Gatorade and water like the last five miles. But um, yeah, so I mean, who knows if all of that had to do with having COVID, I, you know, I don't know. And I don't know that anyone will ever know what kind of effects, you know. Yeah. Not anytime to. soon, at least no, right. not anytime soon. Right. So when, so your heart rate was off the charts, like just off the wall, oh. when did, when did you start feeling better? Was it all of a sudden? Was it gradual? When did you know that you could start even just walking and then running? took about three weeks for it to come down to where it was um and each run coming back because like the first two weeks that I started running after not running for three weeks I mean I would do three miles and like I mean my easy pace is a nine to ten minute mile I mean I was dying at like a 10 45 I was like this is just beyond (laughs) where normally like running a nine to 10 minute mile, I can carry on a conversation. Like it's, you know, my heart rate's at like 140. I mean, it it was so high. Um, so it, I mean, it took probably two weeks before it was getting kind of normalized. And then maybe like another week after that, where I felt normal again. So yeah, it was a good, it was a good six weeks before the running felt like it should have. (laughs) <laughs> was there ever a point where you questioned whether you would get to Boston or were you just not even trying to think about that? Yeah, no, I was worried I, and upset because um, when I did qualify in October of 2019, it was for the 2021 Boston mm-hmm. Marathon. And then they canceled it in April and postponed it till this past October mm-hmm. of 2021. And the cutoff was so big. It was a 747 cutoff and I only had a five, five twelve. So I missed the cutoff by a couple of minutes. And so I didn't get in and they allowed because of like all the cancellations and everything, they extended the qualifying window. So my October, 2019 qualifying time was still good for 2022. That's right. Um, So thankfully, because um, that would have been even more devastating if I didn't get in again. Um, But yeah, so I mean, I had waited 
two and a half years to get here since my qualifying day. And that definitely crossed my mind. I was like, I, I am getting to the start line, come hell or high water. I will walk the entire marathon if I have to. I am getting there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I mean, those first few runs back, I mean, I came home crying and I said to my husband, I honestly, like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, I was afraid I was never going to run again. Never mind, get to Boston. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, I don't, I don't feel good. Like, it was just not a good scenario. Back, And I've heard that from a lot of people, like, um, even some people that I know that had no symptoms of COVID, but tested positive when they would start running, like had all these issues. So, um, yeah. And it was hard to explain to some people that don't run because I was go, even though it was like a few weeks after feeling better, like, otherwise I felt fine. Mm-hmm. Like just going about my business, I felt fine, but I would try to run and I felt like I was dying. So explaining that to a non-runner they were like well don't run no 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 that's not actually an option ever right so yeah yeah. I would have taken a lot more time off and really made myself feel 100% better before starting to run but with Boston on my plate that that was not happening. I'm like, this is, I, I got to train for this. I have to make it work. <laughs> but I mean, who knows if, who knows if what you did was exactly what you needed to do. I mean, right. to re-strengthen your heart. And again, like we said, nobody's ever going to know. And it's terrifying because we don't know. We don't right. know how to make it all better. We don't know who's going to get better and who's not. We, mm-hmm. um, we had COVID in February of 2021 before there was anything really available. And that yeah. was terrifying. Um, did you lose your sense of taste and smell? No, that was like the one thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I do think I had that new, the Omicron variants, you know, Mm -hmm. um, although everybody said the Omicron's just a cold. Well, it was not a cold. (laughs) I've never felt so horrible in my life. Yeah. It was was definitely more than a cold. (laughs) So, well, mm. I think when we were talking, uh, when we were messaging, I think I called you the comeback queen. And I think, uh, I think you can wear that crown high and proud because you're <laughs> absolutely the comeback queen. Thank you. <laughs> so for Philly, when you run Philly in November, will that be for 2024 then or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do we know when the cutoff is for 2023? So they haven't announced it yet, but in the past, before the pandemic with all the weird changes, Um, It's always been after the first weekend in September. So like a lot of people will do, there's a race called Last Chance BQ. It's like whatever that first, like September 2nd, 3rd, whatever that first weekend is. And then that's usually the last qualifying race that would be for that next September. Okay. Um, And yeah, I've had it cross my mind. Oh, should I try to squeeze in another marathon before then for 2023? But it's too warm now. It's too warm, yeah. warm. And to be honest with you, and I said this during the race at like toward the end when it was getting really hard, I was, and I knew my BQ was out the window. I was like, you know what? Maybe it's a good thing that I didn't get a 2023 BQ because I don't know that I want to run that course again in a year. Like I think mentally and physically, like I think it might, might be nice to have a year in between running it again. And, um, and someone 
that I follow on Instagram and have become friendly with, she runs it every other year. Mm -hmm. And for one of the reasons is because it keeps that excitement alive. And I get that. Like as as nice as it would be to be back next year, um, there's also that piece of me that's like, oh, but I want to get excited again. And right now, I don't know that I would be excited training through the winter because that was that was hard. Even though I'm running every winter and I usually do a bunch of um, spring half marathons. So I do train and run out in the winter, but I haven't trained for a spring marathon since I ran Boston in 2016. So okay. that was six years ago. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, I'll still go out and do 13, 14 mile runs, but not the 16, 18, 20s. And that this winter stunk. Like, yeah. It was, really cold and very icy. This was the first winter that I've had to use my treadmill in many years. Um, you know, here or there, I would do one or two treadmill runs, but this year, I think I had like, I don't know, maybe eight or nine, which was a lot for me. Like I will run outside at any cost, but it was icy and I didn't want to take the chance of hurting myself before Boston. What was your longest treadmill run? Um, this year, maybe 10. Yeah. I think I got all of my really long runs done outside. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I had to do any like of the crazy long runs. I think my limit was 11. Yeah. It's, it's hard. And even though I have the TV and I have the Netflix going and Hulu and everything else, it's, I I just can't focus. Like I, I, um, it's mentally hard for me. And I know a lot of people love the treadmill and it's definitely a great tool. Um, so glad to have one, mm-hmm. <laughs> but my longest treadmill run ever was when I was training for 2016 Boston. I did a 16 miler. Oh, jeez, That was torture. I, I, I mean, kudos to like everybody that, that does their long runs and they don't mind them and they love the treadmill. I mean, was it snowing? I mean, cause I'm with you. I'm team run outside for those long runs for sure. Yeah. And I'll run, even if it's snowing, I don't mind, but if it's slippery mm-hmm. or icy, that that's when I won't go. Like I've run in zero degrees. I will put on 8,000 layers and like barely be able to move because I have so many layers on, but I'd rather do that than run on the treadmill. But I think in 2016, it must've been a really icy day for me to had to have done that on the treadmill and, or, you know, if it's a snowstorm, I'll push it off. Like I usually do my long runs Friday. So like if it's a snowstorm on Friday, usually by Sunday, it would be fine. So I'm sure for whatever reason I had to get it done that day and I did it on the treadmill, but ugh, that was not fun. (laughs) And you mentioned long run Friday. And that was something that we talked about, um, when we chatted the first time. So that way you've got your family time and you can, and you do your long run Friday I actually am starting to adopt my long run Friday. I just did, uh, I did eight miles last Friday and I was like, you know what? This is really nice. And then I have the weekend to myself. And even if the race is on a Sunday, doing my long run on Friday is not going to make or break um, your race. So this, I think this week, so I'm debating, there's a 5k in town um, on Sunday. So I'm debating doing 10 on Friday and skipping the 5k or maybe doing something a little less on Friday and then really racing that 5k on Sunday. I haven't decided yet. Um, Or make the 5k part of your long run and do a two to three mile, very easy run, race your 5k, Mm -hmm. you know, go out, do your best, 
that'll be your speed work in the middle. And then however, if, are you doing 10 and then do the, do slow, easy miles after. That is also an awesome idea. <laughs> I love doing that. I love when there's like a shorter distance race and you're training for a longer distance and you can do really easy before, do your race and then do easy after. And then you get a nice little workout in there. Oh, I like that idea. For half. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I think, I think that's what I'll do. So you're doing Philly to potentially qualify for Boston. Are there any other, do you have any other big goals or any other races, anything you have in mind, challenges that you're trying to, uh, to face, to reach? Yeah, I've been, the half is my favorite distance. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, and I feel like with the half, um, always training for a marathon. So I feel like I haven't reached my full potential in the half because, and you know, marathon training definitely translates into half marathon training, but I feel like if I can really focus on the half distance, um, cause not only that, like when I'm, if I'm running a half during marathon training in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking, okay, well, the ultimate goal is the marathon. So don't, don't get hurt or, um, you know, maybe, maybe don't run too fast because you want to save yourself for the marathon or, you know, whatever it is, there's something like talking to me. So, um, and I love fall. So I'm definitely planning on a couple of, uh, half marathons in like September, October, but that'll still be part of training for Philly. Mm -hmm. Um, but now that I don't have a qualifying time for Boston and I'm not running a spring marathon, I really want to focus over the winter and try to find a good half marathon for maybe like end of March, beginning of April, or I'll probably do New York city half marathon in March. Okay. Yeah, love that one. So either that in March or, um, and maybe some, another one in April, that's a nice thing about a half. Like at this mm -hmm. point, you, you, I feel like I can do them more often. You know, the marathon is really one or two a year and you're, body's just shot. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. So, I mean, I've been trying to break 140 in the half and, um, my pairs of 142. So close, <laughs> super but, close. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's the other goal in addition to a new marathon PR. So, yeah. Cause you had a nice fall marathon, right? Yeah. So you I did did, uh, in November, which was like only five or six weeks after Chicago. Um, I did a 143 and change. So yeah, so, and I, I mean, I knew I was going into it with tired legs from Chicago, um, but I was like, I'm just gonna go do my best. And that was my best for that day. And, but I was thrilled. I was like, okay, coming, coming off of a marathon that didn't go so well and wasn't feeling well during the marathon. Um, and took me a little longer to recover from that marathon. I was very happy with that half. Like some, sometimes even, even if you're not hitting a new PR, but I'm happy with consistency, especially getting older. I'm like, okay, well my 142 PR is from November of 2019. So two years later, I was still able to be pretty close to my PR. So I'm like, all right, that's good. I'm consistent. Yeah. <laughs> not I'm only that, but yeah, but like you said, coming off of a marathon where you were dehydrated, yeah. you were, I mean, 
the effects of that last a lot longer than than we realize, especially when we're again doing because 13.1 miles. I know it's not the marathon, but it's a lot of miles. It's, it's a lot of miles and it's challenging, mm-hmm. especially because yes, it's not the marathon, but typically you're running the half marathon a lot faster than you're running the marathon. So you're pushing your body even harder yeah. than you would during a marathon. So yeah, I, I mean, that's why I love the half marathon distance. It's long, it's far. And it's challenging, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. When I when I ran Atlantic City the half in October, I, I kind of had the sense, but the the half marathon is my favorite distance. It's enough to feel super accomplished and like, holy cow, I just did 13 miles, but not enough to kill you for like a month. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. I I love the half marathon. I'm excited for Brooklyn. Me too. I can't wait. <laughs> I am so excited for Brooklyn. I have only done, officially, I've only done two half marathons. Now I've done some virtual ones and then I've Mm -hmm. run 13 miles in training and and whatnot. But I'm really, really excited for this one. I was so surprised. I put my name in the lottery and I was like, I'm just going to put my name in. We'll see how it goes. Um, And I was supposed to run the Love Run Philly half in late March. And I didn't, I dropped out. Um, I think I was either having allergies or a cold or it just, it wasn't going to um, work out for me. And I had already been accepted to the Brooklyn half. So I was like, that's going to be my half. That's, that's my race. So I'm excited for that one. Yeah, me too. And I, I knew it was a really big one, but I just read that it's the biggest half marathon in the United States. So I had no idea. Yeah. 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 So um, it looks awesome. And I've heard great things about it. Um, It has definitely been a bucket list half marathon for me for years. So I'm excited to run it. And it's ending at Coney Island, which Mm -hmm. is just, it's going to be super fun. And Iz is going to be there. And she and Marco are just going to hang out on Coney Island. I'm super excited that we'll finally get to meet in person in Brooklyn in just, just under a month. And we'll pray to the weather gods and hope that we get some, I know fifties is a lot to ask for in late May. Right. <laughs> right. But hopefully it's not 80. Yes. Please, please not 80. I, yeah. I actually don't even know. I've never run that distance in that kind of heat ever. So really hope it's not 80. Yeah. It's, and especially, you know, when I, I, I ran that half in July last year, um, it was like mid July. It was miserable. Um, but I also went into it. I was not racing. I was already training for Chicago and I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to run it at marathon pace, which Mm -hmm. is slower than half marathon pace. So, um, but it was still miserable. Um, but going into a a race mid July, your body is already acclimated Mm -hmm. to running in that heat. So, not as bad as if you go out now and all of a sudden have an 80 degree day because it's so much harder on your body and your heart and your all the the blood plasma like nothing has had time to acclimate to um those temperatures so that's why spring spring racing is hard so we'll ask everybody listening to this episode to have good vibes and good thoughts for some good weather late May yeah. for me and Shannon and everybody else running Brooklyn. <laughs> I'm already stalking the month, the forecast. <laughs> what does it look like? 
Um, so it looks like it could be 60s in the morning and the race is early. It's a 7 a.m. start. So maybe we'll get lucky. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me again. Congratulations on Boston. Thank you. Thank and you. I will see you in person soon. Yeah, less than four weeks. Yes. I know, looking forward to it. Welcome to another episode of Running on Optimism, the podcast for amateur runners, or really anyone, channeling their inspiration to face challenges in running and life. I'm your host, Sonia Rita. This episode goes out with a huge congratulations to all who finished the Boston Marathon just over a week ago. And with that said, I'm thrilled to have Shanna Miller, creator of Stiletto Running, back to chat with me about her Boston Marathon experience. Shanna had run the Boston Marathon two times prior to this year's, but this was the first time she ran it as a qualifier. And though a bout with COVID in January put a wrench in her training, she was going to make it to that start line come hell or high water. 